Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show this morning. We started a short series a couple days ago on just uh, the... Kind of generally speaking, the role of of Christians within politics, is it legitimate for Christians to be involved in politics? We've answered a couple objections so far. Uh, Obviously, we're answering in the affirmative. The show is called The Gospel for Life. We think that there's no square inch, as Kuiper would say, that's not under Christ's reign. So um, here's the question this morning. If one of the effects of the gospel is transformation of society shouldn't churches teach their people what that transformation should look like in fa- in their families and their businesses in education and in government is that legitimate in each one of those spheres are there any parts of the bible that the church should not preach about well the first part of your question you know shouldn't shouldn't uh, churches teach people what transformation should look like in their families and education and government and business and that sort of, absolutely um you know one of the things that we find i'm actually getting prepared to begin a series uh from the book of judges and probably one of the darkest books in all of the uh, all the bible you know because what you have is this uh cycle of of you know god sending a deliverer uh, the people being being free living in peace for a period of time then you know, going the way of the world, uh, uh, being attracted to the idolatries, and then God judging them, and it, and then it's important to understand that this is what happens even even today. You know, the we you know we end up with the governments that we deserve, and right. you know, you know the the correspondence here is really not. Um, the political realm of Israel as a political nation, but it's it, the correspondence is the is the church in Israel, and as a church, we go through those cycles of you know obedience to Christ, and we see it in you know through the liberal churches and others that have are, begin to deny Christ to get into syncretism where they adopt uh, the ways of the world. God sends judgment, and um, you know the. You know, and what we understand is that these nations that um, bring that judgment have been appointed by God. Um, we're told in in Judges they went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths. So the anger of the Lord was kindled, and He gave them over to plunderers who plundered them. And this is a you know one of the things that we have to recognize when we're you know in this political sphere is yeah how much have we given ourselves over to the ways of the world? Yes. 
and and that. So yes, I say let's go back and 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 show people from God's word what um, a transformation should look like in their family, in their business, in their education, and in their government. That's right. Um, you know, there's no part of the Bible that we don't preach. That's right. It's interesting as you. I mean, your question said if one of the effects, and I would say since one of the effects. Um, it's not. It's not really questionable of whether the gospel transforms. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what you meant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting as you begin to go through the scriptures. The scriptures are dealing with principles, so they give us principles in the family, principles in um, government, principles about what it looks like in education, and and all of the rest. And I think what happens sometimes, the church confuses their role and they move from principles to um, absolute applications. Um, And I think once we take that step, we've moved to to a a system of binding people's consciences unduly. Um, And so we always have to be careful within the church that as we talk about the transformative effect of the gospel, that we don't go beyond um, what the scriptures allow us to as those that are proclaiming its truths. Yeah, I think you you came to our leadership retreat here this last year, and one of the things you taught on at one point was uh, family worship and the importance and and, and really the the requirement that God places on all families. But then you were very careful to say... um, now here's what my family does, but this what we do is not a prescription that's binding upon your particular family. This is how it works for us, and I I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I would say one of the things that's important to understand regarding so again this show is called the Gospel for Life, um, and and one of the things that means is that Jesus Christ, who is the main actor in the gospel, is, is so here's the general principle: is King of Kings and Lord of Lords over every single realm. So just asking that question, how is Jesus Lord of my family? How is he Lord over me being a father? How is he Lord over me raising my children? How is he Lord in my marriage bed? How is he Lord in how our family does education? How is he Lord over me being an employee or an employer? How is he Lord when I go to the political, to, to the to the voting booth? How is he Lord in my involvement in there? And I, that general principle is huge. And I, I actually think that's kind of the battle that we're facing. I feel like we're, we're many of us, um, it's it's like 1938 you know, in, in uh, Germany, and the church has been told that, well, no, your realm is within the four walls of your church. That's, that's classic <laughs> pietism. You are not allowed to be a public Christian, just a private Christian. And that's, mm-hmm. that's deadly to society. And I, we talked a little bit about this off air. Um, may we all pray that the things that we say off air never really make it onto the, <laughs> onto the air. Amen. <laughs> However, some things we say off air are fine. And one of those is that I think some of, of the confusion is that we've somehow begun to think that the principles of God's word only apply to Christians, that God's law only applies to Christians. And so we've created this false dichotomy of, well, the church speaks just to their own, and has no role outside of, or the Bible has no role or authority outside of the church. Yeah, and I, I think that's an error that um, is is sometimes 
comes into the thinking of Christians of saying, well, I don't want to impose my beliefs on somebody else. Well, they're not your beliefs. Yeah, that's right. The problem is they're God's beliefs. They're God's truths. Mm -hmm. And that God has established from the very beginning. He has authority over all people, whether they recognize it or not. And all are under his law. From God's perspective, there's no division between the sacred and the secular. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that idea borrows on the whole idea of tribalistic gods. Like in the Old Testament, well, Baal was the god over you know the the rain or the storms, and and this god. In fact, there's this funny story, you know, where. Um, one of the kings of Israel defeats the king of Syria, and then the, his advisors tell the king of Syria, well, the reason why the Israelites beat us is because their God is the God of the mountains. But if we fight them in the plains, then we will defeat. And that's the same idea today. God is not just God over our the four walls of our church. He is God over every single square inch of the universe. Just goes to show you that the compartmentalization that we're doing in our own minds really is an ancient heresy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that we need to to understand that as we go about gospel ministry, we are going to be disregarded, um, probably pretty significantly so from those outside of the church. That doesn't mean that we still that we we don't have a voice. Yeah, I mean we just have to be realistic that our voice might not be heard. And, and and then what we pray is that the voice is heard within our congregation um, and that the word has, I mean, the effect that it's, it's always supposed to have. It's supposed to have a sanctifying effect on God's people mm-hmm. and that it would transform them in their home, in their business practice, in how they engage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked a couple of days ago about whether it's even okay for Christians to be involved in politics. This is not a new question. Um, back when the the Westminster Confession was was written, um, Article um, twenty three, I think, deals with the political realm. And one of the questions is, I mean, they come out and say it's fine, it's okay for Christians to be involved in politics. Yeah, they 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 state it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not a new question of is it okay or not. And, and it's never West, okay to be involved in politics and disobey God's law. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I right. just wanted to qual- but clarify. It that. is okay yeah. to be in politics so that yep. you can show the transformative effect of the gospel. That's right. In the and, hearts and lives of, of a politician. Yep. And along that line, you you were asking, are there any parts of the Bible that the church should not preach about? And I know around this table that we're devoted to um, the you know the expository preaching of God's word, lectio continua. We go from you know you know book to book, chapter to chapter, verse to verse, and we're gonna we're gonna not avoid difficult passages. We're gonna apply all of them uh, as we come to them. And in this way, you know, I've I've told people that every verse in the Bible is a marriage verse. Every verse is you know when you begin to when you begin to live life to the glory of God. When you begin uh, to recognize this is an imperative on your life. This is an indicative of who you are. Yeah. Uh, then that changes how you you know how you're going to view politics, how you're going to view your business. I don't, before my my uncle was a believer, he used to call uh, my father, who was a minister, and he asked, "What would a Christian do if he was running a business?" And and my dad would give him ad, 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 
him advice. Yeah. Eventually, he he realized that he believed all of God's word. You know, he's and uh, and he became a believer himself. Mm-hmm. But he had begun to practice that in his own life. Yeah, Amen. Paul writes in in a. Acts chapter twenty, when he's talking to the Ephesian elders, he said, "Therefore, I testify to you this day that I'm not that I am innocent of the blood of all, yeah. for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God." And I, I think we need to embrace that as a part of, of gospel ministry that that we are those that are called to to proclaim the whole counsel of God, and sometimes that that puts ministers in a position that is not pleasant because you're speaking into some... I never have awkward situations. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, let's take a biblical example of uh, of a minister going outside of his compartment, and that is Jonah being sent to Nineveh, a completely foreign and strange land. He was bringing a message uh, that of was judgment, yeah. of judgment, and he was he was doing so to not, not Israel, uh, but so... Not only uncomfortable and outside of his compartment, but I would I would definitely submit that he was preaching the whole counsel of God. Yeah, yeah. In that particular case, not willingly, <laughs> um, <laughs> because he knew the grace and mercy of God. Yep. Yeah. He yep. he knew that God was the kind of God who would relent his anger and forgive sins. And and what yeah. what a story! Just Jonah's attitude itself was in, in that book. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we've been talking about um, politics, and and really. The, the reason, one of the reasons why we come to this particular subject is because what we want to demonstrate is that the gospel really is for life, that Jesus really is Lord over every particular realm that we exist in. And maybe you're a new Christian and, and um, you don't yet understand that yet. You're living, you know, privately like this over here and then publicly you, you put on this persona. And we would just encourage you that um, being a Christian means that that you, you you seek by the help of the Holy Spirit to live for the glory of Jesus in every single realm that you exist in. If you've missed any of our past broadcasts, you can subscribe to The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time.